Hey everyone and welcome to the Shiro Editor's Corner, a completely new and unscripted series of mini-casts with your hosts Dave and Peter. Come join your elder Shiro's as we reminisce on our favorite Saturn memories in this new and nostalgia-packed podcast series. Hey everyone, it's Saturn Dave and I've got Peter here with me. How's your week been? Oh, not too bad. Uh, you know, actually finished uh, the Shining Force 3 Premium Disc. That was fun. And just uh, I've been getting right back into Nights again because, you know, we're coming up on Christmas. So it's, it's you know, it's almost traditional that we have to do that. So, uh, yeah, that's that's what I've been up to. What about you, Dave? How's your week been? You're, you didn't have any time to play video games over the last like couple years, right? So now all of a sudden it's like a flood coming back. You have all this time to game and stuff now. That's good. I'm I'm glad for you. Um, you inspired me, actually, uh, to get back into uh, Shining Force 3, actually. You know, all that talk about, you know, playing the translated scenarios, you know. And uh, so a couple of years ago, I had um, an issue with my backup RAM cart, which we've talked about on like the hardware <laughs> episode. And that is the one save that I lost in that whole debacle, you know. Oh, no. And I'm sure you know the pain that goes with like sinking so many hours into an epic RPG only to lose all of it, you know, kind of knocks you off your horse and it's hard to get back up on, you know, it's hard. You're like, where, where do I begin? <laughs> what do I do? You know, like, uh, I forgot what was going on in the story. You know, I have to start from the beginning. I just, you know, and it took some time, you know, to just kind of get over it. And so, yeah, I was, you know, you were saying you just finished, all three scenarios and now now you've finished the the special disc and so i was like yeah i think it's about time not that i have a lot of time to sink into games these days but yes. yeah you know i was just like it's just such a phenomenal game for anybody who doesn't doesn't know or hasn't checked it out shining force 3 is uh it's an aesthetic it's like a it's a thing all its own i i it's not like any other jrpg that i can think of you know uh, and that's a good thing, you know. It's so well done. Yeah, kind of like knights in the in the fact that when you're playing knights, that's it. You're playing knights. There's nothing else like it. Um, Shining Force Three definitely has clones. Or def- there are definitely other games that are kind of like it, but nothing has the same vibe. Nothing has the same like art style or aesthetic that it does. The music is phenomenal. The the dialogue, the the intrigue, the betrayal. Mm-hmm. It's a very political. Uh, game too so it's not like caught up on love stories or anything like that you know it's a very mature game really I mean if you think about it the themes are mature and I think you as I've gotten older I've enjoyed it more you know and Mm, and mm. like Knights I find that it really plays to the Saturn strength like I mean this is not a game that I think I could see on any other platform of the time like it Mm -hmm. just this is a Saturn game you know so it's, it's just great that way and it's a comfy game. And that's like completely anecdotal term. But I mean, there are like games that I get into for comfy gaming, you know, where I would describe it as just like, you know, you've got your drink of choice and you are in a nice comfy position and you could just like bliss out to a certain game. You know, like PSO was one of those kind of games for me. Um, you can get really, really into it. You can be super focused on it, or you can just be grinding, you know, one of the battle maps and just kind of having fun. Like um, in the beginning Valley where 
worms and other things are just spawning constantly. You can just grind for levels. It's a lot of fun, and uh, I find the the character animations to be charming. And, you know, it's crude, of course, like gra- graphically speaking compared to, like, what folks are used to. Um, but, I mean, you know, yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a charming little game for sure. It's just too bad that so few people have enjoyed it. If only there was a modern way... Like maybe like say a Saturn Mini. If only there was a Saturn Mini, <laughs> this would be a perfect game to stick on there, don't you think, Dave? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, sure, I, I do. But it's funny because that's a loaded topic since uh, we didn't really get the whole game in the West, right? How true. Um, yeah. So you want to talk about that? <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I guess this this uh, episode we're going to talk about the Saturn Mini. Um, because why not? You know, <laughs> yeah. it's not that I wouldn't say we're running out of things to talk about, but uh, this this week with the holidays and everything kind of like ran up on us and caught me off guard at least. So I'm just like, Peter's like, let's talk about the Saturn Mini. I'm like, sure, I'm game. <laughs> I've got things to say. So, I mean, where do we begin? Like, uh, do you think that there will be a Saturn Mini? Uh, I do not think there will be one in the immediate future. I would like to be proven wrong, but I don't. I don't see one happening for three, four, three, four, five years. Let's say I just. I think it'll be a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I'm curious. Like I mean, so you know, lots of companies have now put out minis. What do you think of minis in general? Like, what are your thoughts? Like in general, of these micro consoles, you like them, you hate them. Do you think they're just kind of a a gimmick? You know, do you get and play them for 10 minutes and then shelf them? Like, how, you know, where's where do your feelings lie about minis in general? Well, right. So it really is subjective because the way I feel about minis having almost every console, like the real console with all the games and everything like that is going to be different than how some casual gamer or person who's completely sworn off gaming for years, you know, and just wants to dip their toe back in is going to feel about it, right? You know, so I would say that uh, for someone like a hard, hardcore retro gamer who is really into collecting hardware and stuff like that, they're more of a, a token piece, you know, maybe like some shelf candy. You know, it, it's nice to get these tiny little, you know, consoles and put them on your shelf uh, because I think that's aside from playing with them a little bit, most people probably end up boxing them and putting them on the shelf, you know, just to as part of their collection. Um, but then you've got the folks uh, who are very casual uh you know not really into gaming maybe maybe they don't have any consoles or maybe the only console they have is like a switch or something or or playstation 5 or something and they want to get into the retro stuff it's an easy you know way to do it without having to go on offer up and get the console and go scrounging for the games or buying a lot on ebay or something like that you know just get something like that enjoy it show it to your kids or whatever you know and then put it on offer up which is what i see a lot of people doing you know with like the original genesis mini i see so Mm. many of those on offer up because people tried it out they played with it for like a year or two and then then they're passing it on to whoever you know and i see it with the, the the nes and the snes I don't see the Turbo Graphics one, you know, the PC mm-hmm. Engine ones. I don't see those on resale. Like people, the people who got those got them to keep them, you know, because again, it was so so niche, right? So yes. rare of a console to begin with. It's like you don't have a bunch of people, at least in the West here, getting those things for nostalgia sake, you know. It's like if you know, you know, you know, you know to hold on to it too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but I mean, it's a subjective topic, and I guess to me, like I say, 
Um, there's not that much value in them because I really just love real hardware, you know? Um, but would I yeah. get a Saturn mini? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I tend to agree to me, the, the two Genesis minis that have come out, I, of course, have them both. And to me, they're like a, a fantastic little tribute console. Mm-hmm. Got the nostalgia for the system. So, you know, a lot of the games on both minis I do own already and have owned for years. So, uh, you know, it's not like I'm getting a new game experience from that perspective. But there are also games on both of those that I have not owned physically. So that's kind of a nice sort of uh it's got some utility to it but i agree to a casual fan they're probably fantastic because it's a way to explore and experience um you know some of that particular console's best games in like a mini little cheap uh format so from that perspective i think i think they're kind of nice but but you're right like i mean if i think about myself now so i've got a full us saturn set what could a saturn mini possibly offer me from a gameplay perspective that I don't have on my shelf right now, that I don't, you know, play on a regular basis right now. So, you know, you're right. It might be more of just, a, a, you know, eye candy on the shelf or yet another piece to the Saturn collection that you sort of add. Um, so, yeah, for for us hardcore Saturn fans, I'm not sure what the gaming utility is really going to be like in terms of a Saturn. I mean, to be game. fair, Saturn is very expensive to collect for, right? If you were a Saturn fan back in the day and you got rid of it and you've been just blissfully unaware for you know a couple decades and then now you're starting to get back into it, you might be going like, oh my God, like I cannot afford to mortgage my house so that I can get into Saturn again. You know, those people might want something like this. You know, it might um, might be a nice way to officially throw their money at Sega and whatnot, you know, like, and, and buy the games legally and be able to enjoy them, maybe even show their kids or their grandkids at this point, you know? Um, but I mean, like, yeah, for you and me, the hardcore gamers who have like a lot and we have ODEs and we have all this, uh, whatnot, I think it represents something that we would buy anyway, just because we love the Saturn so much, you know, it's like, I don't care what it has on it. It's a mini Saturn, uh, technically a little emulation box or you know i would get it just because i love the saturn so much but i don't know that it would get much play to be honest it would just like be you know something else that would go in my collection you know for display purposes or whatnot but i mean then again it's like who would this thing be for in the west you know that again like uh i don't think it would even come out in the west to be honest with you do i think there will be a saturn mini very likely so in japan very likely so i mean just like there was Mm. a game gear micro right what a, I mean those things are like christmas tree ornaments right and they were really overpriced too for what you you know for what you get but again like the nostalgia is there you know in japan they had like all these different colored uh game gears you know they had like the coca-cola game gear and they had you know a lot of different yeah. colors and a lot of different flavors of it and i mean even though it's like the game gear and relatively speaking it, it wasn't like that phenomenally successful over there. There's enough people over there that have nostalgia for it that you could get away with something like that, right? Well, I mean, the Saturn was Sega's most popular console in Japan. And there are obviously tons of people that have nostalgia for it. I mean, just look at the Isekai Oji-san, uh, Uncle from Another World. Uh, you know, it's just loaded with Saturn references, right? And I mean, I can only imagine they're 
banking on the fact that most people are going to get those references because they're familiar with Saturn, at least to some degree. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it's very possible that there will be a Saturn mini in Japan. I just don't know if the U.S. will actually bother importing it because again, like what is the market for that going to be, you know, here, here in the West? I don't know. And yet arguably the TurboGrafx-16 got a mini here, right? And Yeah, it- this is true. So yeah, it definitely could. I think it might be like a, maybe it'll be one of those things where they have to kind of gauge interest ahead of time, you know, to see like, okay, how many are we going to actually sell in the West? I mean, if they make it in Japan, it's not that hard, right? To make it in the West. They've already made it, right? So that's yep. that's the good thing. It's like, you know, if, they, if it happens in Japan, there's a very good chance that they'll just make a smaller amount, ship them over here and sell them. And then you really just have to change like the ROMs or whatever. So one way that the that a Saturn Mini would potentially be a lot more appealing to me. So again, you know, considering that I've got the full US library and a huge host of import games too, um, the, you know, from a gameplay perspective, if we look at the Genesis Mini and especially the, the second Genesis Mini, they included a bunch of unreleased, previously unreleased games. So if something like that were to happen, right. or even previously untranslated games, then that would all of a sudden really, you know, the appeal would shoot right. up for me. Definitely. Exactly. And I mean, that was one of the reasons why a lot of folks wanted the SNES Mini, you know, because they had Star Fox 2, you know, and it was not yeah. like folks couldn't play Star Fox 2 on an emulator before. But I mean, now you could literally buy officially buy Star Fox 2, you know, <laughs> like finally it got released in an official form, you know, and it was on the box, plastered on the front of the box. And now it includes Star Fox 2, you know. Um, so, I mean, you know, that was a big deal for a lot of folks. But yeah, I mean, I agree with you. If they, if they could put some some unreleased uh, games, you know. But that's the thing is some of those unreleased games were kind of niche though too. Like uh, take Deep Fear, for example, which had a US version technically, but was never released in the West. Like, would they really put that on a Saturn Mini in the West? I don't know. Like, because uh, how many people know about it, right? You know, like, I mean, we take it for granted, obviously. But, you know, it's still relatively unknown to a lot of folks who are just kind of like, got out in 96 or 97, you know, didn't stick around to the end and haven't really been in in it. So, you know, I always wonder about that kind of stuff. Like, you know, it, to me, I would love to have it, you know, I would love to have deep fear officially released in the West on a mini console, but would it happen? I don't know. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, from a license standpoint, Sega did it. So, you know, they have the license It'd be very easy uh, versus, you know, something like Capcom having to, you know, get something, you know, so I don't know. It is first party. So. Yeah. And see, you know, I think about what you just said and I think in order to be successful in the West, a Saturn mini would have to have a blend of, you know, the, the hottest games that had come out. I'm talking about games like Knights, Panzer Dragoon, whatever, but you would also think that you would have to have some games from like that that desert, that one year desert that we all had to endure as Sega gamers from sort of the end of 98 uh, when when the Saturn was discontinued in the West to the launch of the Dreamcast. I mean, that was a period of time where there were some really good Japanese games coming out on the Saturn in Japan, but they just, there was nothing out here in the West. So, you know, if you throw in some of the bigger titles that came out over there during that time period, then you might really be able to entice uh, some more of the hardcore folks out. But there's another thing that you just mentioned 
that I think uh, would would actually you know cause some problems with bringing some of the bigger Saturn titles over, and that's licensing. You know, as as iconic as Daytona USA is on the Saturn, I just can't see that being included on a Saturn Mini, to my chagrin, really, because the license to use the Daytona name again would be prohibitively expensive, you know? Um, and, and unfortunately, in my opinion, that would actually touch on quite a number of of uh, Saturn titles that have some sort of licensing tie-in. And right. I mean, we're talking about essentially all of the racing mm-hmm. games are out the window right, right there. Right, because Sega Rally you know? used like Toyota and Lancia. Oh, you know, definitely. And, uh, you know, Manx TT had like the Isle of Man, uh, they it, which was like a, yep. an actual race, you know. So yeah, they, there's a lot of licenses involved. Um, you're right, you know. So it's like, you know, something like Knights obvious, would obviously be on there. You know, they completely own that outright. Um, you know, Sonic Jam, but I mean, you know, like it, that's, that's the thing is it's tough. Like I, I feel like when a lot of people put together these lists, they're really not grounded in reality you know they're just pie in the sky like i would just love the saturn mini to have like yada 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 all these great games you know but it's like we live in an age where you know there are non-disclosure agreements for everything and where there are licenses and rights management and everything like that it's just not you know it's just not realistic you know they could release it but they would have to just kind of make everything generic you know um but even like the toyota celica like it looks like a Celica, you know? And so unless they change the model, I'm not sure if that would be something that Toyota would allow or something. I don't know. But that, you know, that said, there are games like Panzer Dragoon. Um, there are games like Bug, you know? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. A Stall, you know? Um, I don't know. Can you think of others that you would want on there that wouldn't be caught up in some kind of litigation or licensing acquisition? Well, geez. I mean, so you named off some of the big ones, obviously Knights, um, I would put a stall on there. Maybe the Clockwork Night games. Um, definitely. I don't care what right? people say. Like, I absolutely love Clockwork Night. Oh, definitely. And I mean, you know, there's even games that came out later in the Saturn's life. Like we talked about Shining Force 3. That would be a nice one to put on there. What about Burning Rangers? Mm-hmm. Like there's another good one that, yeah. um, you know, that could go on there that I don't think would have any uh, licensing issues. Oh, yeah, definitely. But, you know, and we're all over the place here, I realize, because there's there's no script uh, or outline for that matter. (laughs) But but, I mean, I'm just wondering, like, could this thing even exist? Like, what would be under the hood? You know, is this would this just be pure emulation, which I think these things tend to be right. It's just they're just emulator boxes. Right. You know, there's no FPGA that would make it prohibitively expensive. But if we were just saying if it was just an emulation box, which I think can be done now, you know, based on what we've seen, you know, you can emulate the Saturn on a potato. Honestly, folks, like if, if folks still think that the Saturn is hard to emulate, then they're they just don't know how to do a proper Google search uh, because it's been it's been doable for years. And I mean, anything from SSF, which, you know, runs on old XP machines, you know, all the way up to, you know, Yabows or Mednafen, um, yeah. Beetle is another one. So there there are a lot of different emulation options and um, I'm sure Sega could cobble something together or you know, reach out and get something licensed. I mean, they have the S tributes on the switch. The switch isn't like a super powerful console, you know, uh, it's not, the hardware is not that beefy, you know, and yet it's able to do Saturn emulation. So from a technical standpoint, they could do it. And I think that it could be affordable because that's the thing. It has to have enough power to be able to do it, but it also has to be affordable. And 
it has to be within a time frame where, you know, people still care. <laughs> you know, that's the other thing. Mm -hmm. yep. Because it's like, yep. what if we wait long enough for it to be doable at a cheap enough price, but then nobody cares because the time has come and gone, you know, yeah. for the general public, that is. Well, I'm just wondering. So you're right. Like, I, I just kept thinking as we were talking, I'm thinking, what would make this thing really appealing? Like, what could a Saturn Mini do that maybe other Minis haven't done? you know, to really kind of stand out. And I was thinking, oh, you know, it'd be really cool if if Netlink functionality was somehow preserved or restored or there was some sort of, you know, to, to really bring some of those games back to life. But but again, it then just comes back to cost. Like, you know, you add features, you add, um, you know, different pieces of hardware or whatever, and your cost goes up. You know, the, uh, the Genesis Mini 2 came out at 99 US dollars. And I'm not sure that... If you go too much higher than that, you would have much of a market anymore, you know. And and when we all remember the the Saturn two ninety nine price point thing that happened at E three ninety five, you know, like it would be almost a similar situation where you're you're putting out a potentially good product, but you're just pricing it a little bit too high for for folks to eat it up. So right. there's lots of considerations there. There would definitely be no chance of any kind of online functionality. Um, and I say that because it's not even the networking gear that you have to put into it, uh, whether it be Wi-Fi or LAN. It's the cost of maintaining servers. But because if you put it in there, you have to support it. For you know, there's an expectation that you're going to support it for at least a couple of years, right? And uh, they don't want to pay. Yeah. They're not a company that's in a position to do that right now. You know, I mean that that was the thing with Sony, like. Sony, they were supporting PS2 online well into the late years of the PS3, you know? Yeah. And it was uh, it was crazy. Like, there, there were still kids, mostly younger kids who didn't have a PS3 yet, you know, who were still getting on with Ratchet and Clank, you know, death matches and stuff like that. Um, and Sony did not want to have to support those games. like, But it was a reputation thing, you know? It was like an upholding the customer loyalty and, you know, it's like, that was that was part of their thing you know they they introduced some kind of online support it was going to be around for a while you know for as long as the the console was still relevant and ps2 was relevant long into its life you know so yeah that's that's the thing is i i, I highly doubt that there will be any kind of online functionality they just want to to be like a one and done kind of box it up, ship it and make money off of it, you know? Okay. So if it, if it was a one and done type of console, I guess the other question is what controller do you include in that kind of a bundle, you know? Definitely the quote unquote model two, I would think controller, right? You know, the Japanese pad. So then would you be happy to play Knights with that pad? Certainly not, but I mean, what, what it's like it, this is this whole device is a compromise. <laughs> you know, like it is it, fair. Yeah. It is that that's the thing is it's not real. It's not a real Saturn. So right there is a compromise. Everything about it is going to be a compromise. But it's it's a it's a list of pros and cons. You know, you get all these games in a cheap package. Um, who's it for? You know, I mean, who's the market? Is it going to attract people who never were into Saturn and are curious, or is it literally just a nostalgia trip for the small group of people in the West who, who got into it, you know, or no, who know. And I mean, it, I say small, but it, it's significant enough that they can make some money off of it, provided that the fabrication costs aren't too high, you know, because they have to right. offset that you're right. They're going to go for the cheap, obvious titles that they don't have to pay any kind of license for because they already own it outright. You know, I mean, Sammy 
is the one calling the shots, right? And they're a holdings company, right? So all they care about is money. <laughs> all they care about yeah, is the bottom line. It, it, I was just thinking along that line, like some of the really great games, like even if you're thinking of games like Dragon Force, that's a Sega game, but the English translation is owned by Working Designs. Right. And even though they don't really exist anymore, I think Vic Ireland owns all of those, like all the rights to all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, the uh, Genesis Mini 2 in Japan came out with the Lunar Games. Right. And people were super excited that, okay, potentially we're going to get the Lunar Games on the uh, American version of that console. Right. And that didn't pan didn't out. Happen. Yeah. And, you know, just they couldn't uh, come to an agreement with Vic about, uh, you know, payment and all the rest of it. So, you know, you take a game like Dragon Force, which is one of the system's most celebrated games in the West, and... And it doesn't get on, right? You know, like exactly. Like um, that's tough. Would it get on the Japanese version? Probably. You know, it um, might. Yeah. You know, first party game. Uh, you know, it's in Japanese. You know, it didn't. We're not talking localization or anything like that. So yeah, I mean, it's it's another one of those things where, like I said, it's an obvious shoe in for a Japanese release. The 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 Saturn mm-hmm, Mini. Mm-hmm. So much nostalgia. I mean, if if they release any Mini console in in Japan that's the one that makes the most sense. They're going to make the most money off of it. There was the largest install base, you know, so they'll have easy decisions to make over there because a lot of the stuff, they can avoid licenses and they can also avoid dealing with, uh, you know, localizations and stuff like that. But when it comes to possibly putting one out in the West, it's just really going to be compromised quite a bit, I think. Yeah. You know, because of that kind of stuff, like, you know, so um, I've seen a lot of videos. I've seen a lot of like, you know, group topics and videos about this, like, and it's always kind of, you know, what would you want to be on a Saturn mini, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I mean, I hate to like be all doom and gloom. It's funny because we're Saturn fans, like we're huge Saturn fans. So if anything, you'd think that we would be the folks who would just be like blind fanboys, like every single great game, you know, but it's like, I just, I'm too old and too realistic to know that that's not going to happen. You know, um, you could definitely have quite a few of the blockbuster titles that, that folks remember. Um, but again, like a, a Saturn mini without Daytona is kind of a sad situation. You know, I mean, sure. You'd have Virtua fighter two on there. You could have the Virtua cup games on there. Though I don't know. And what how the would input... you like guns in that case? Yeah, exactly. It would be, you know, it's a, um, yeah. Yeah. It's a good question. I mean, I, it, 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 at the minimum, you know, Virtual Cop and Virtual Cop 2 play very well with a controller. Like they're still fun experiences, but it's a shadow of what it is with the light gun, you know. Of I course. Mean, the, 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 it's it's just a totally different thing, you know. So, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want this topic to be such a downer. But I feel like folks need to be realistic about this stuff. Like folks, you know, if you're listening with us and you have opinions about this, please share your opinions. Let us know what you think. But the truth is like, it's better to temper your expectations than have like high hopes and just have them dashed, which we're used to now as Sega fans, you know, I think, you know, but, um, I mean, hey, on the bright side, I heard Sonic Frontiers is good (laughs) and I haven't played it yet, but I am planning on getting it. Um, And I'm glad to hear that there's an example of like uh, things going a little better, you know, than than what we're used to, you know, Mm -hmm. like uh, they released a good, even decent, I'll take it, you know, Sonic game in in a long time, you know, so, but yeah, um, in terms of the Saturn Mini, how about we do this? How about we just uh, talk about some of the games that we would want to be on there and then we'll just look at them, you know, game by game and kind of uh, 
discuss how realistic it would be for them to be on there. Like, what's one game that you would just have to have on on a Saturn Mini, personally? So, you know what, Dave? I'm just going to say the entire Panzer Dragoon trilogy. And I agree. I agree that that is... uh, they would basically be tripping up if they didn't put Saga on there because, yes. you know, people would finally get to play that game that they sunk so much time into that they had one of their members die, you know, like yeah. during development. I mean, like, seriously, when you think about the blood, sweat and tears that went into that to making that game, it has to be on this thing, you know, so that people can experience it for a reasonable price you know mm-hmm. um definitely one of the strongest contenders on the saturn for sure that mm-hmm. entire series mm-hmm. so that i think that would you're absolutely right that would have to be a must the sonic team games would have to be a must you know you mm-hmm. would, um you're right i think shining force 3 if they could reach out maybe to the translators you know the the community translators like knight of dragon like they reach out to them i i don't know if they're humble enough but i mean sega has worked with folks in the past um if they would be willing to put the three scenarios on it that would be really cool i mean it's a phenomenal game um having two trilogy series you know like the panzer series and the shining force three uh trilogy on there would make it a heavy hitter like for sure like just those two things on there um like i said i would buy it anyway but i could highly recommend it to anybody like Mm -hmm. go get this thing so that you can play these in a neat package with possibly save states and just an easy convenient way to just like plug it into your you know lcd or oled tv and just play these you know in your living room I would definitely recommend it. You know, I'm just sort of thinking um, of some games that were Japan, uh, Japanese exclusive titles that would actually um, make sense to release in the West. Games that weren't necessarily super, super heavy in, uh, in, in language and wouldn't really feel too much out of context. Like I'm thinking of games like Steam Gear Mash. That would work out. Oh, yeah. You know, it's a yeah. simple pick up and play type of game. It's colorful. It's, you know, it really kind of plays to some of the Saturn strengths so that right, I could right. see working, uh, you know, on the Saturn mini. For sure. You know, and that that seems like one to me that would probably make it on a Japanese version, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, th- I wonder about those kind of games where it's like obviously a game that probably a lot of folks experienced over in Japan and yet maybe nobody knows about it in the West, but if it's easy enough to toss on there, do they include it, you know, because it's English friendly or easy to play in English, you know, I don't know. Those are the ones where it's more of a guess for me. It's not as obvious of a, of a thing. I mean, I think steam your mash is a great game, but it's not a system seller by any means. And I don't know, you know, if it would end up on a Saturn mini or not, but, uh, I definitely think that, uh, they've got the Puyo games, right? They've still got the rights to that. So, you probably have a few Puyo games. Maybe you'd have, you know, Puyo Tsu and Puyo Sun um, without online capability, of course. You would probably have Baku Baku Animal, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, that's a title they own. I, I've got to start looking at my shelf to kind of see what stuff they might have. I don't know if they would put Sonic 3D Blast on there. Do you know, I wonder if the two, um, like a Decathlete and... Um... And Winter Heat. Oh, yes. Those Decathlete would be nice. and Winter Heat. Yeah. Excellent titles, you know, button mashing arcade games, but excellent titles nonetheless. Yeah, you know, I, I could definitely see that on there. 
I could definitely see, you know, to have to have Virtua Fighter 2 at least, if not both. I know the first one's kind of janky, so I just don't know how much of, of a mass market appeal there would be for that one. Yeah. Even though I love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, know I love it in its janky, flat-shaded poly glory. But yeah, you know, I'm thinking Shining the Holy Ark maybe? Yeah, I that'd mean, be a great one to stick on there for sure. It would be a great one to stick on there. Um, and to be honest, like Capcom has usually been pretty good about licensing their games onto the various uh, mini consoles. So, you know, yeah. tons from their back catalog that would make sense to stick on uh, a Saturn mini. That's true. Yeah. I mean, they've always had a great relationship and that's never really soured. Uh, so, you know, that's possible. I know Pat would want Mr. Bones on there. Oh, yeah. Um, must buy so, for him. <laughs> you know, it would be a must buy. Yeah, I don't know. I think that it, he he wouldn't get it if it didn't have Mr. Bones. Um, you know, Sonic R, I wonder. Like, I, I think that folks have a lot of nostalgia for it, despite it being such a... Polarizing game, right? Polarizing, exactly. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people are frustrated with the controls. They don't really... I argue they don't really get it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, it's, you you know, if you if you get it, then uh, you, you're, you're going to have a lot more fun with it. But it's definitely not one of those games where you just pick it up and it starts working to your advantage. You really have to figure out how to play that game. Uh, folks who approach it as a traditional racer just end up mashing the controller. Yeah. And then there's games like, you know, Die Hard Arcade. That would be a fabulous addition. I was going to ask you about that one. So what do you think? Do you think that they would be, it would be a licensing issue with, um, well, so the the Fox interactive, right? See the Japanese version didn't have the diehard license, right? So is there a way to somehow put the diehard arcade game without the diehard arcade license? Like with that? Yes. You know, they would have to, I would think they would have to do that. Yeah. Cost wise, you would think, right? If they would just release it as dynamite Decca in the West, and just count on folks to know that it was the same thing, you know, or do they just not even put it again, all hypothetical. If the Saturn mini comes out in Japan, which like I said, I think it's very likely that it will dynamite deck as a shoe in uh, yep. you know, title yep. for the console, you know? Um, and there's no reason why they wouldn't put it on there that I can think of. Um, so really it just comes down to, would it make it onto a Western version? If a Western version even comes out, you know, I mean, again, I think it's more likely that they put out a Western Dreamcast Mini than a Saturn Mini, believe it or not. You know, because the Dreamcast thing had had a better attach rate here in the West. Yes. Like, I mean, so I wouldn't call the Dreamcast a failure. You know, like it it did fine. It was just it was like a third. It was the third rung. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And had they been able to keep it going, you know, still it just would have been a third rung. You know, but uh, of course, once the you know Xbox came out and it was like four players the market just couldn't sustain four players you know yep. but but yeah i mean you know st- still there's enough folks that have fond memories of the dreamcast that it, it it seems logical to me that that you'd have a dreamcast mini over here there would be enough folks that would be into that mm-hmm. you know but mm-hmm. uh but the saturn one is really tough sell uh when you look at just how it did over here commercially yeah and so it's you know i don't want to say it but it's starting to sound like us two hardcore Saturn fans are almost advocating against there being a Saturn Mini launched here. No, I wouldn't go so far. I, I, I'm I'm saying that I'm very, I remain incredibly skeptical that it'll happen. Like if they announce a Japanese version and they don't announce a, a U.S. version, like for any kind of significant amount of time, I'm just gonna pre-order the Japanese oh, version. Oh, of you course. Know? You know what I mean? Of course. Because I'm not going to wait and see 
if you know what I'm saying, unless it's obvious and they say, yeah, we're going to release it in the West too, you know, Mm -hmm. and they were pretty forthcoming about that with the Genesis two mini, you know, like you knew that there was going to be a Genesis two mini along with the mega drive two mini. Right. So if it's that obvious that there's going to be one, you know, and then I even might still get the Japanese one because it might be white, you know, not to mention the fact that it may have games that like we've mentioned, won't make it over to the, the U S version. Um, but I'm still looking at my shelf and just trying to see if I'm missing anything. Like, I don't know, legend of Oasis that strikes me as yeah, one that that's a good might. one. You know, it's first yep. party. It's, uh, I don't think there are any issues bringing that over. It is 2D. Um, I mean, which the Saturn yep. was great at. Um, so again, like if, if folks, I don't know how many folks played it or would have nostalgia for it, but it was a great game. And I, I definitely, it's like a kind of like a Zelda derivative. Really good game, though. Great folks game. should definitely yep. check it out. So yeah, that one in a stall strike me as like obvious 2D games that would be, you know, like no brainer to put on there. Bug yep. and Bug 2, Clockwork Night 1 and 2. What about a game I like Power know. Slave? Absolutely. You know, that yeah, definitely. Power Slave, Quake and Duke Nukem, not those are much more mainstream and I don't know what the licensing issues would be with those, but definitely Power Slave is one, but you know, it came out on PlayStation as well. Yeah, I don't know with Power Slave. Would I want it to be on there? Yes, absolutely. But uh, uh, I just don't know if it's likely to be one that would end up yeah. on there. What do you think about sports games? Like, are there any sports games that you would say held up enough that they would... Okay, you mentioned Decathlete and Winter Heat. Those are obvious choices. There's, there's no, like, rosters right, with, like, right. actual names on them. Um. So maybe maybe you couldn't have like a basketball game or a baseball game. You couldn't have World Series Baseball 2, right? Because there were actual yes. names in there. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's a good yeah, point. Yeah, that, that would actually knock out the vast majority of the sports games, really. Right, you know, right. That's unfortunate. I mean, you know, and that's a shame, too, because some of those games are phenomenal. I mean, some folks are not going to care about this at all. <laughs> some folks don't care about sports games. But I mean, Saturn was actually had a lot of really great sports yeah, games, you yeah. know. I mean, even even a title like Virtual Racing, that one I actually don't see any licensing issues with. Right. So I mean, that could be one that comes out. You know what about you know? what about Albert Odyssey? Again, the working design zones the translation, right? Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, no, you're right. So agreed. Like that would be a fun one to have on there. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm even thinking, for example, like, okay, the first Tomb Raider. So whoever owns that IP now, if they're amenable to, you know, to licensing the, the game out sort of the way Capcom has, and if the price is right, then that might be a good one to have. But, I just don't think that the, it's synonymous enough with the Saturn in people's minds, you know, to, to, mm. to go on a Saturn mini, you know, like, um, we know that it started development on this for the Saturn, you know, and it was like supposed to be a Saturn game and Sony stole it away. Um, but I mean, most people by now, unfortunately, the winners write the history books, right? And, you know, yeah. <laughs> the victor, yeah. history is written by the victor, you know? So, I mean, you know, most people just think of Tomb Raider as being like a PlayStation property. So I just don't think it it is an obvious choice to go on a Saturn Mini, you know, which is like, here is a tribute to this console and everything great about it, you know? Um, sleeper title, sleeper hit, Dark Savior, I think would, oh, would good be one. a good one. And and no licensing issues that I can think of. It was essentially um, Dark Savior. Was that? Uh, it was a. It was almost like a spiritual successor to another game. I might, Light Crusader. You're thinking. Oh, Light Crusader. Right. Okay. 
Yeah, but that would be a good one. That's a title that didn't get the attention it deserved Ooh. Uh, while the Saturn was current. Fighting Vipers and Fighters Megamix. Yes. Although Megamix has Pepsi Man in there. Well, but not in the North American version, I don't think. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, like I mean, those two would be would be fun. Like, you know, those Sega 3D fighters were really quite good, and they translated over well for the most part to the Saturn. So again, you know, those would be solid choices. And I think Ko2 Flying Squadron would be a great one to release, um, both on a Japanese version and on a Western. And so like PAL gamers got. KO2 Flying Squadron, right? Yeah. And I love the game. I, I, you know, it's not like the best platformer or the best shooter, but you put them together, it offers a lot, you know? Yeah. I would definitely call it like a B plus game, you know? Cool. I, it's just, it's cool. I love the game. Uh, it's one that we didn't get in the, in the US. It'd be a good one to put on the console if they could, you know, it was JVC published it, I think, but um, so would there be any games, uh, Dave, that Sega could put on the mini that only came out in Japan that didn't have too much of a language barrier? Like I'm not talking about, you know, RPGs or whatever, cause the translation costs would be pretty phenomenal, but can you think of any titles? Like, I mean, there's a plethora of schmucks right. that, that could go on. Right. I mean, I'm talking about, uh, Right. Cotton games, for example, that you know, minimal translation there, if any, and you know, a host, whole host of others, really. Yeah, I'm looking in my uh, folder. <laughs> I'm looking in my network folder of like ROMs <laughs> to see if there's. A, I mean, well, definitely. Okay, well, I certainly think that Saturn Bomberman, if they could put get that on there, is, oh, yeah. it would be a must. But of course, it wouldn't have online functionality. Uh, but it would have local multiplayer, right? Um, I don't know. Maybe that's one that would be prohibitive because they would have no intention of releasing, uh, you know, a multi-tap or I, I don't know how you would do that with USB or multiple controllers. How, how, how many controllers would the console support being uh, linked via Bluetooth or whatnot? But uh, yeah, so again, there are like little things to consider in terms of like what's realistic definitely Saturn Bomberman is a strong title and one that I think they would want to put on there. Um, so to your question, well, the Puyo games, obviously, you know, the mm -hmm. Puyo Puyo, um, those are an obvious choice. Um, what about something like a radiant silver gun, radiant silver gun? Yeah. Okay. Um, it does have a translation. It was, tre it was a treasure game. It did have a translation done for the 360. They're releasing it again now. They've released it again on the Switch, right? Yeah. Um, using that translation, I believe. So, yeah, that seems like another one that they would probably put on there. And while I'm at it, maybe any of the Taito games, you know? Like maybe, you know, maybe Galactic Attack. Oh, that's such a good game. Um, I would love it if they put, you know, the Vampire series, like the Vampire mm. Hunter, Vampire Savior. Yep. Um, again, Capcom games, they would have to work with Capcom, but uh, I could definitely see that being awesome. Darius Gaiden, oh, perhaps, yeah. you know. What about like Haunted Casino? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now you're just being silly. Definitely not uh, make it on. <laughs> no, definitely not. Talk about like, let's take the most uh, obscure game that we possibly can. <laughs> I mean, now I could see, that's another thing too. There are some really great games, like for example, Dencha de Go, you know? Yeah. 
great little game but again you have to have that train controller otherwise it doesn't really make much sense you know like i've played the game on a on a regular pad and it's just it's not the same it's all about that train controller right yeah so while there's a game that i think a lot of japanese gamers would have fond memories for i just don't know if that would hit a mini console due to or any other game that relied on a bespoke peripheral you know mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. i'm not sure like we mentioned the virtual cop games would they make it i don't know because are they going to release it with a gun probably not extra money and all that um i just don't know so anything that anything that required an add-on peripheral probably not um which is another thing with saturn Bomberman, they had like that multi-tap that would come with it the s-bomb tap or whatever mm-hmm. i'm just wondering like if that would make it um but you know, so deep fear. You know, mention that again. That uh, I think that that would be an obvious one. First party game. Maybe uh, Dead or Alive. That's a good one. Dead or Alive. Um, yeah, it was multi platform. Um, yeah, that's but yeah, true. I, I could see that. I could see that. It's not. It's not one of the ones that just like hits me as like it must be on there. But definitely, it's a good one. Um, and again, if, if they are running into a lot of issues, um, with licensing is that they might have to just fill it out with what they can get versus, you know, what they would ideally want. Yeah. Oh, definitely. You know, and again, even just looking at Capcom, cause they seem to have been the most friendly, uh, third party publisher to send their titles to the various minis. Right. I mean, there's for, for all the games that we got here in the West from Capcom, there was, you know, multiples more in japan so even things like dungeons and dragons that that potentially but again you know then we're getting into licensing so right it's it's such a shame isn't it because we're running against either licensing issues in some cases or you know the requirement for extra hardware in other cases or online functionality and i just i really like all of those are flags for me red flags that right you know they it just wouldn't really quite work so I mean, I don't know, like, you know, I'll tell you what, like doing my best of Saturn posts and doing all the research and all the Japanese games, that console during its lifespan was incredibly well targeted to the Japanese culture. It really clicked and it made sense. I'm thinking even of all those like, you know, uh, uh, dating sims and visual novels and whatever. A lot of them were based on some current anime at the time or some other property or whatever. So like, you know, it was definitely a console that you had to sort of dive in and experience at the time. And the more we talk through having a mini, I'm just not sure how much of that spirit it would be able to capture effectively. Like you could certainly do bits and pieces of it, of course, but I'm not sure that, you know, it would be able to encapsulate the Saturn experience as well as the Genesis mini did or the super NES mini did for the, for Nintendo's console and so on and so forth. Right. And the last thing I would want to happen is to see Sega put out a Saturn mini, you know, to the same quality as the PlayStation mini, which was garbage. Right. So, (laughs) you know, until folks got a hold of it and just crammed whatever they wanted on there. Right. Of course. (laughs) Of course. That's basically what it's right. It'll, it'll go down as like, you know, just another, kind of like raspberry pie situation where it's like put whatever you want yep. on there. But yeah, I know you're right. It's, it, when, it, when it comes to like a curation of games that pays tribute to the console, I was thinking of stuff like Grandia, right? Mm-hmm. It seems like a, a great choice and there's no issue. I think, well, actually working designs did the trend, 
no, wait, Sony did the translation on the PlayStation. I think anyway, Sony did the translation. Yeah, so I don't know if that would end up on there. But again, my mind just immediately goes towards the fact that these these mini consoles, they they seem to usually focus on like pick up and play gaming experiences, you know, mm-hmm. uh, rather than long RPGs. I guess there have been some, you know, RPGs on these things, but they tend to go with the more like casual gaming experiences. Um, an RPG is definitely not that it's, you know, something you really need to sink time into, you know? And so, I mean, again, the target market for these things are going to be adults, obviously, um, who are, you know, revisiting a nostalgia trip and, and, um, you know, how much time do they have to sink into RPGs? So I don't know. Uh, would I love it to have Grandia? Absolutely. Um, now, I think that Sakura Wars is obvious for for a uh, you know Japanese version of the console. I mean, it's just yeah, cannot be understated how phenomenally popular that was uh, over in Japan, and and I think at least Sakura Wars one, maybe both Sakura Wars one and two, might come out uh, on a Japanese version of the console. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely Guardian Heroes. We didn't we forgot to mention Guardian Heroes, oh. another treasure game. So maybe the one-two punch of Guardian Heroes and Radiant Silvergun, those two games coming out on it, I think, from Treasure, uh, makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, it kind of makes you think that it would be a lot tougher to curate a representative Saturn library of games than it was necessarily for the Genesis or even that it could be for a future Dreamcast mini. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's tougher to do for the Saturn. It really is. Last Bronx I would put on there, but I don't know how many people would. uh, Yeah. That that would, that would make a Japanese one. It was huge in Japan. Last Bronx. Yes. Anime, uh, comics or manga. They had a movie full live action movie. So, um, you know what I'm thinking too? It's not been an issue as much with the, so it hasn't been an issue as much with the uh, 16-bit games because they didn't, they weren't able to really do as much license marketing, you know, cross promotion yeah. back then. You know, that was that really was a thing that hit in the mid '90s, and you had Sega in the arcade putting like Coca-Cola banners in Top Skater. That's yes. why we haven't seen Top Skater come out in any other form because there's so much marketing in that, you know, or at least. There's definitely Coca-Cola. And I mean, that's, that's you know, uh, one of the biggest brands in the world. I mean, there's no oh, way yeah. you're paying. There's no way you're getting that, <laughs> you know, for like a cheap little, you know, here, we're going to re-release this game. Coca-Cola's like, okay, pay up, you know? And it's this huge banner. What else are you going to put on there? You know, what are you going to put? Fizzy Cola or something? That's what they would have to do. They would have to go edit the assets and just take any any uh you know form of coke out of there you know um but really that does take away from some of the charm doesn't it i mean it uh, it, it wouldn't like for, i would still anyway. play it but yeah for nostalgia purposes it's like i know what was there you know uh, if, if yeah. they could do some and that's the other thing too they might hire an artist to create some kind of uh texture that it looks like it and then they could still get sued by Coke because they say that looks too much like our logo. And you know, yeah. that's our logo. you know, so it's like they would have to change it completely to yeah. be out of the woods, you know, I mean, because it's one thing if it's some really, you know, obscure reference or something like that. But when it's Coke, forget it. Like they're going to sue your pants off if you even put anything in there that that slightly resembles their brand, you know. So yeah. um, 
you know, that's the thing. That's the issue is you had a lot of that. Um, for example, cool spot on the 16 bit platforms. That's, mm. the, you know, that wouldn't make a, a mini release, right? Because of the Sprite branding, you know, and the license yep. for that. So, but that was one game in like a sea of games that didn't have any of that kind of stuff. You know, that was a relatively new thing back then in the 16 bit era. But when you reached the 32 bit era and the multimedia generation, then all of a sudden games were doing it, you know, starting to put advertising and licensing and branding and stuff like that in their games, you know, to, I don't know, subconsciously reach youths. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, that ends up being an issue. And then, um, you know, it's, it's sad to think about, but you're right about the, about the localization aspect as well. Yeah, I don't know. Um, there are a bunch of games here that I would love to have on it. Like Lunacy. I love the game. I would love it to be on a mini console, but that's just me. Like, I just don't know how many people would care or be interested in that magical drop. I could see that. I could see some magical drop being on there along with uh, the Puyo games. Um, you know, we've talked about the Capcom fighters. So, you know, like Marvel superheroes, um, Ninpen Manmaru, I wouldn't mind seeing, but that would be on the Japanese side. To be that would be on the Japanese side. And I don't even know, like, was it that, like I like it, but it's not very polished. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, it's know. definitely proto 3D, definitely. Yeah, it's hard to say. Any SNK stuff? I, I wonder about any SNK stuff. There was a lot of SNK material yep. on the Saturn. Yep. You know, to varying degrees stuff. of quality, but yes, yeah. Right, right. You know, so I don't know if they would even bother, but yeah, it's it's tough. Like the more we talk it through, uh, again, you know, whatever Saturn Mini may materialize. It would be a very sort of limited, compromised representation of what what us hardcore fans really remember and crave. Right. But if done right, I think it could appeal to to casual fans. And one thing that that I liked with Sega's two um, two mini uh, Genesis Mega Drive consoles is the user interface was really cool, and it really paid homage to you know the branding of the time and the the colors and sounds and whatever. So. You know, imagine doing a Saturn Mini with, you know, some variation of that spaceship or whatever. And, you know, like it could be done really well. Oh, yeah. Um, to sort of, yeah. you know, so that, that that piece of it could be super cool. But, um, y- you know, in terms of actual game selection, you take away the light guns, you take away the branding, you take away sports, you know, like player names and all the rest of it. And, uh, you know, you, you take away the peripherals, the 3D pad, the multi uh, tap for Bomberman and whatever. And, you know, your your choices really dwindle fast. So, right. you know, it would have to be it would have to be a very, very well thought out uh, piece of kit to to, uh, you know, pass mustard with us, but not impossible. I don't want to say it's impossible, nor do I want to say it will never happen. But, you know, well, I mean, you know, to pass mustard with us. They just need to put it out. <laughs> like if it had yeah. no games on it, I would still buy it. I'd yeah, buy it and put it on my shelf, you know, but which is probably what I'll do anyway. You know, like I want to support, I, I want to support anything Saturn related. I, you know, yeah. it deserves so much more love than it got. Um, but yeah, I, again, it's, it's kind of sad talking about this, you know, but it's just realistic folks, you know, like seriously, yeah. we're not, we're not trying to rain on folks parade. It's just, we have to kind of, uh, and we don't have a crystal ball. We can't see the future. We just got to go, uh, 
you know, based on what makes the most sense, you know? And again, these companies, they exist to make money, you know, <laughs> if they're not going to make money, then it, it it's, and they've got way too many people hired and, and yep. too many lawyers uh, to, to pay the bills for and too, too many healthcare plans. They have to make money. They cannot just release something because, you know, it's, it's, it's very rare to get something that's done just purely for fan service, you know, just to, you know, that's, yep. That that rarely happens, and that only happens if a company is in such a comfortable position financially that they're able to to just do stuff like that to generate goodwill, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you know, like Sega's just not—they're not the Sega that we grew up with, you know. It's just not. Oh, you know? for sure. Yeah. And when you take that into consideration, and you and you think about it in the in the perspective uh, of the fact that it's Sammy Holdings, you know you can kind of easily piece together what, what you should expect, you know? And so that's mm-hmm. all, I'll, all we'll say is that, you know, folks ought to be kind of cautiously optimistic and temper their expectations. You know, I think that there, there's a better chance of us getting a Dreamcast mini and them just skipping over <laughs> the Saturn altogether. Um, but if it does happen, like I said, if it, if, if it happens in, in Japan, then um, there is at least some chance of it coming to the West. And, and even if it doesn't, I'll be pro, uh, you know, I'll be uh, pre-ordering that day one, you know? Oh yeah, of course. Same here. Yeah. So if it happens, it happens. Um, you know, so long as they don't make a mess of what there is in there, like Sony did with the PlayStation mini, then I think, you know, we could be happy with that. So, right. Um, and that's maybe a, a nice way to sort of, and the discussion is that we don't, you know, we don't necessarily see it as a strong possibility of happening in North America. But if it does, then, uh, you know, hopefully just Sega will make the best of what they can work with and that it'll put, put out, um, you know, a mini console that is worthy of the Saturn uh, uh, name anyways. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, it's possible too that um, those retro bit analog controllers, while not 100% perfect, not a perfect clone of the 3D control pad, kind of hard to do uh, because those hall sensors are just you know, perfect, but they are serviceable. And I actually, I, you know, I played nights with them. It was, it was quite fun. It was an enjoyable experience, albeit a, just a tad bit more casual than my normal, you know, score attack mode. And I could see those pairing or being used easily, you know, syncing up with and, and being used easily on something like a Saturn mini console to play nights with analog, you know? Um, so how, how that analog is being achieved is still a mystery to me. I, I haven't heard back from them and I'm not sure how they're, how exactly they're implementing the Saturn analog input. But from what I've seen and played with my own hands, uh, it's sensitive enough to be able to move around with uh some finesse you know and be be able to really do platforming like in cube cat or uh you know flying in in nights it feels it feels good it feels and that's what i'll say i'll feel it feels better than decent it's good you know mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. just um it's just like i say it, I'm, I'm one of those folks that's just it's it's really hard for anything to even come close to the 3d control pad in my in my book it just is yep, you know? and that's fair yeah but i mean i i think that's really all we have that's meaningful <laughs> to say about the Saturn mini topic. You know, it's, um, it's an interesting topic, uh, and it's not like something that we would completely avoid talking about. I mean, I think it's worth talking about, but again, uh, it's a lot of speculation at this point and we have to ground it 
in reality, you know, uh, any kind of speculation that we're going to be doing is going to be grounded in, in the reality of what, uh, what they have to deal with, uh, from a legal standpoint. And, uh, and so, yeah, I think that, uh, I think that, uh, we can probably say maybe 50%, there's like a 50% chance. <laughs> Do you think it's even that good? Yeah. But you know what? We'll take it, you know? Yeah. So. And that, oh, and that's the other thing too, is like, I hope this mini console craze lasts long enough, you know, it, because it, mm. it does seem kind of like a fly by night kind of thing, you know, like the trend that might peter off, you just never know. So, I mean, if it lasts long enough for them to in Japan say, okay, let, let's release this thing, you know, while, while people still care about these, you know, or, or they, you know, they, what, well, the market indicates that people are still pouring their money into those things, you know, let's do it now. Well, you know, <laughs> rather than wait. So if they do, then, then yeah, I think that, uh, there's a, um, I, I, I know for a fact that there will be a, probably a lot of, uh, hardcore Saturn fans in the U S that'll just be importing the Japanese version. Um, as they should, as yes. they sh- you know, because we've all, we're, none of us are strangers to playing the Japanese library for all these yep. years. So, all but right. yeah, nice. I think that's all we have to say on that topic. And, uh, until next time, this has been Saturn, Dave and, and Peter reminding you guys that you must play your Sega Saturn and, uh, and play Christmas nights. Cause it's that yes, time of year. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Play some Christmas nights, open some presents and, uh, look at some, really funky old pictures of uh Saturn swag that I wish I had as, as cringy as a lot of it is. I'm kind of jealous. (laughs) All right. Anyway. Yep. Okay. We'll catch you next time. See you guys. 